Um, so it is Rebecca. And as I was editing this, I was just kind of reminded how much I love the theme song. It's by my friend Joni Ray, and I love her a lot. And I was just re-listening to it, and I was like, man, that's pretty. Um, I love her, but she's not on the podcast right now. Today, we have um, Mia Brabham. She is on to talk about her new book that she just released on June 20th. It is called Note to Self, and it is a collection um, from her journal and journals. And um, sorry, my cat just came up. What's up, chicken? What's up? Um, and it is a collection of her different life lessons, um, through the past year since college. She's been collecting them for a number of years through her journey when, uh, she was living in Virginia and going to college and then her move to LA. And, um, as we talk about at the end, this is a quarantine project. I'm so impressed. I don't think I know anyone else who's done such a hardcore and impressive quarantine project. Um, we, Mia and I, have been friends for two years. We are e-friends. Um, we originally were introduced by one of uh, the guests earlier on the podcast, Kristen Witcher. We were introduced over Instagram, and we still have not met in person. Actually, I was in London um, like a couple months ago, and then she DM'd me, and she was like, oh my gosh, are you in London? I'm in London. We can finally meet, and I was like, no, like the day I left, I think, was the day that she arrived or something wild like that, um, but yeah, we've been trying to meet. It hasn't happened yet, but it was so cool getting to talk to her, um, in kind, uh, yeah, in person. Um, I will have to say, getting to know someone from the internet, you can collect a pretty good idea of what someone's like. But also, as you'll hear later in the interview, I was wrong about a couple things. Mia is super accomplished. She has accomplished so much. And I, and she's so smart. And she has like all of this, these amazing opportunities that she's done. And she like, then I was like, dude, she's just a hustler. Like, hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, work, work, work. It was actually really cool and really humbling because I admire all of those qualities because I kind of struggle in that department sometimes. Um, But actually, it was quite different. I think she's just really excited by opportunities and just really creative and passionate. So I did know a side of her, but it was really cool to see that like some of my assumptions, even though they were positive, uh, were not true. And that's something really cool about getting to know someone online and then two years later getting to see a new facet of them. But anyways, we are talking about her book, as I said, Note to Self. I just came out and I'm really excited for you to listen to this conversation. Oh yeah, in preface, um, this interview has so many interruptions. I can't believe we made it through. She's such a pro. I think we received four or five interruptions because I come from a big family. They all knew I was interviewing and they didn't care. They were just going to walk in anyways. Um, I love them, but personal space is not a thing in my house. Um, Mia's a pro. She rolled with the punches. I love it. Uh, Can't wait for you to listen. Oh, it worked. Hi. Hey, we did it. Oh my gosh, I will let you know, I'm so happy that I got dressed today because I haven't gotten dressed all week, and I realized I did not ask if this was going to be on video, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a blessing. Well, I I just showered. Um, if you, like, see, I always do this for, 
I have an interview and then I'm always like, oh, I'm going to shower. And I do it like 30 minutes before. I had this one like really hot LA actor on a couple um, months ago and I ended up wearing my glasses, hair and greasy braids, giant headphones. And she's like in her cool LA like, <laughs> apartment. And I'm like, I'm actually in a closet. <laughs> closet. So um, baby steps, I'm, I'm wearing, I'm wearing real clothes. Yeah. I'm very proud of you. You did it. You look great. Exactly. Are you there? Connection. Yes, our connection is a oh, little. Oh no, you're frozen. Oh dear. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. That is the first time. The first time that our call falls. Um, I cannot iterate enough what a pro Mia is, and uh, so nice because I asked if we could connect again and try again even though I had no proof it was going to go differently. And um, she was like, yeah, let's do it. Can you hear it's me? It's good. It's still a little laggy. I can kind of see you, but... I'm more worried about the audio. No, it's so laggy. This goes on for another minute or so, and listening back to it, I got a little anxious. And I'm pretty sure everybody has had these conversations over Zoom. And I was like, y'all get the gist. Um, so I went into the other room. I was like, dad, it's not working. I was freaking out. I was like, will I not be able to interview anybody else while I'm here? And I was really sad. And then dad was like, well, I could get off of my Zoom call and go somewhere else. And I was like, dad. Yesterday, like my boyfriend leaves to go to his Thursday and I'm so I'm here alone and not even 10 minutes after he leaves I'm like did I leave the oven on and I go over and the fire alarm goes off and I'm like oh, I'm like oh my god but everything's turned off but it smells literally like it's in my apartment and I'm like oh my gosh so the fire alarm goes off and they're like everyone they're like get out the building like now there's a fire reported and i was like oh. i walked into the hallway and i literally was like dad just walked to my death because there was smoke everywhere oh my god like everywhere I, holy crap so i went downstairs and like was so scared and then there were people outside were talking they said it was on the second floor on the third floor so i was like well it must have been like below me I come back in and I asked at the front desk i'm like oh my god that's crazy huh he goes yeah it was the apartment next to yours the firefighters went up, they burst into a door, two doors down from yours, because they got the wrong door. Oh my God. So if you hear noise, I'm telling you all this is, if you hear noise, it's really annoying. They're putting their door back together outside right now. Yeah. Since they literally busted down. So it's been, a, it's been a funny 24 hours, for sure. No, you're fine. I will just, I'm at my parents' house and they live on a farm. And so sometimes like donkeys start screaming in the background. Um, and in between, I love that. yeah, it's like, it's like maybe the most annoying, I'm not, it's just bad. Um, but also, and then my brother just walked in and I'm in my dad's office. It's, I live with uh, seven other people. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. Um, what city are you in? I'm in DC right now. Okay, cool. Do you like DC? One of my best friends used to live there and it's her favorite. You do? I'm obsessed because I mean I moved I literally lived here before I went to Los Angeles and then I moved back I was like I'm going back to DC hands down um yeah I love it it's so vibrant and it's the most diverse city I've lived in because I mm -hmm. grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood area LA is like a lot of white people and then also like there's a lot a big Hispanic community but here it's like everybody mm -hmm. like everybody so 
I love that. And just the culture and like the history here. It's just amazing. I think people think of it as like the White House. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's just political. And I'm like, no, there yeah. is like so, like the music, the food, it's a whole cultural scene. And people just like don't see that. I love it. And if I move again, which I probably will, I'm going to end up back here. Yeah. Um, I just love it. So where did you live before LA? Where did you grow up? So LA, before LA, I grew up in, um, Virginia Beach. I don't know why I live in Sigmar. But Virginia Beach. the most basic information. Um, I've, <laughs> I've got like, I'm calling it quarantine brain where I'll just get through half of a sentence and just like, <laughs> and just like sit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I was going to say. Wait, sorry. I'm terrible with places. Where's Virginia Beach? Me too. Um, it's in Virginia. So it's, okay. it's like Southern Virginia. What have you been up to since Stan left? I did yoga, and that's when the fire thing started. Coming back, so I was walking around. I showered, and then <laughs> after that, I worked on some book stuff. So I'm like working on a Q and A right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on like the order of that, and then this morning I just been ordering it. But I have to. My newsletter comes out at three every day, and I've really just been pushing it. Like I'll do it at like two thirty, and I'm like, Wait. so. It's supposed to be the Q&A edition, so I'm doing that, but I'm focusing on that, and then I might go to a march later. My college is, like, some alumni in the area are having a march, but mm-hmm. I'm going to see my parents and my grandma next week, so everyone's like, just stand in the back and, like, don't see people and wear your mask. I'm like, that never happens that way. Mm-hmm. Like, you always end up seeing people, and then you never know how other people react. They might want to hug you, and you're just like, oh, this is awkward, so, like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I really want to go, but then I'm also like, if I wasn't seeing them next week and wasn't so worried, I wouldn't. I would just have you, go. But have you been know. to one of the marches yet? I did. I went to one two weeks ago. Okay. Um, that was good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I um I am you know on a farm in the middle of Tennessee, and one thing I have because I'm usually I love you know, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's very like like I do like cross stitch and take long walks. Like I am living in a Jane Austen novel. Um, in like, in, in like, there are some moments where like I was walking around our property on the phone yesterday wearing an apron cause I was baking and I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm gross. Oh but, uh, seven other people. So is everybody your family? Yeah. All family. Uh, two parents and, um, five siblings. Uh, yeah. Five siblings. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, wow. there's a lot of us and we're all really, really big personalities. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's great. Cause like we love each other and fights with each other are very different than like fights with another person. Cause mm-hmm. we kind of know it's not real. Um, but also it's big personalities in a tight space. Yeah. And we're all so scattered. Yeah. And so um, it's not even that we're messy. It's just like in any house we would, we live in separately. We're kind of the, the spacey one, <laughs> but now we're all back together in one house. Um, mm-hmm. So, but it's also special. Cause like my older, my, the oldest brother's in uh, getting his doctorate in LA and the youngest one's eight. So never in our life have we ever been together for that long. Um, so it's good. Yeah. Friends, but that's so special. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. But then also my little sister and I sleep together in the same bed. So there's like no space in the house. Um, (laughs) So yeah. Hey guys, I completely forgot about this one. Um, My dad just walked in. Um, I cut it out, but my dad just walks in and explains to me why uh, his Zoom call was interrupting my Zoom call and why he did it. And he knew I was on a Zoom call and he just 
started talking to me. So there's that. We back. Mia, this is why it's not fun being with seven people. (laughs) Oh my gosh, the struggle. Oh, I'm getting sweaty. I'm going to have to take off this this cardigan because I'm getting all, now I look kind of, I'm wearing like a lacy black cami, so it's cute. It's a maternity. I don't have a child, but someone at a thrift store did. Um, Okay, Mia, um, I like to deep dive stalk people. That was kind of what I was hinting at, at your emails. I got to your, I love you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mean girls um, reenactment no! 1057 hits. Guys, I don't know how people do podcasts and not make a million mistakes. It's 157,000. They're like the next day I was thinking to myself, I was like, I don't think I said that number right. I could see it as 157,000, but my brain forgot how to say it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I thought when you were like, I was going to do a dive, I thought you were going to be like, oh, the web series. You literally found the old YouTube videos. Yeah. They're so ridiculous. They're so ridiculous. No. Okay. But I kind of like want to go back because like you had fan videos 10 years ago. Like people were wishing you a happy birthday. And I was like, no, but like 10 years ago, me, like you were living my dream 10 years ago. You know, like you were a YouTuber and they still follow you and love you. Some people have been following you for 10 years. Yeah, it's great. I still get messages every once in a while. It's like, I'm here in 2020 and I'm like, we've got to stop guys. I mean, it's like, it's literally sweet. And I'm also like, I just am not going to need to be better. Like, I'm like, I get uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is weird. Like my cheeks are literally like getting like hot now. And I'm just like... I can't believe people are like commenting like I'm some third person entity like me like talking about me in third person Mia blah 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 I'm like I'm literally like I'm reading these like I'm right here so it's just weird when people like it's like fans I'm like this is like uncomfortable no I love this so okay can I ask so we're throwing all the way way back there because I guess when baby Mia was in Virginia um did you originally start out to be an actor like is it was that kind of like your way of like I have feelings and now you're gonna see them um kind of deal yeah so it's so funny because like things really come full circle Mm -hmm. I always my mom was like you know I was always expressive and like buoyant and my mom was the one it was her idea to be like you should audition for the school play and I was in sixth Mm -hmm. grade so I auditioned and I did theater from sixth grade all the way to 12th grade um and a little bit actually freshman year of college but that was I like wanted to be an actor like I want I always wanted to be on screen like I loved theater but I always knew like I wanted to transition on screen just because I kind of picked up the love for video along the way Mm -hmm. and then I studied it in school at James Madison but it's funny though because I always was like in my head my narrative of my life was like it makes so much sense like I love storytelling I liked being the one of like I liked being the vessel to tell the story as an actor and then uh, it, it makes sense that I transitioned to video and film, and that's why I started doing YouTube. But then I think about it, and I'm like, no, I wasn't an actor first. Like, I wasn't a video creator first. I was always a writer. Like, mm-hmm. when I was little, before I was acting, I was writing. Like, I was writing novels. And literally, on my remember when we'd have one family computer in the house? Like, yes. And I realize now, like, now that I'm literally 
moved away from LA, like stopped chasing like on screen stuff, which I still do every once in a while. Like I still think mm-hmm. it's fun and I'm not shy. So like I realize it's okay to be in front of the camera, but like, I'm like, that's not my sole venture. It's mm-hmm. really just storytelling. And now it makes sense why I'm literally back to writing because I'm like, it started this way. Like it just, it all comes together, which is so weird to think about. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and then also as kids, like we're doing, we're doing what we can see. So, like, if you're seeing that the actors on your TV are the ones telling the stories, then obviously you're like, that's what I want to do. So, what did you go to college for? Yeah, so I went for um, media arts and design was my major. Mm-hmm. And I chose JNU specifically. I was looking at all the colleges. And I was like, this one has the best out of all the ones I've been looking at. Because I was going in-state. I was not going to go out of state. Did not have that kind of money. But I was like, yes, okay, out of all the schools, like, JMU has an incredible program. I went to a few others, and they had, like, dinosaur cameras, and I was like, I cannot go here. So I went there, and I studied media arts and design. It's, like, the broad major, and then I concentrated in um, digital video and cinema, and then I minored in creative writing. Mm It's really cool. Do you feel like, um, I think maybe now, out of college, we kind of have some more perspective. Do you think it that set you up for what you're wanting to do now and for what you're doing now? Or was college more of that like life playground? Oh my gosh, yes. It set me up for what I want to do now. I feel like I've always known, like I feel really blessed and lucky. I feel like I've always known what I want to do and some people that doesn't happen. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like I was putting them into my my heart at a very early age. And I think like one of the things too I talk about in my book is like it, life is not linear. It goes all over the place place and your yeah. your dreams take different shapes I think people think it's one blob and like they're like this is a thing I have to do and if I don't do it I fail it's like no it, you can literally break it into chunks like you can take that blob and like take one piece and do that and take another piece and do that so like I don't regret studying that at all I think it's still so cl- it helped me be a better storyteller like writing is the best when it turns visual so I think it's definitely helped me and I can see myself going back to production, but I think I'm just going to constantly be evolving and chasing different parts of my passion, which is storytelling. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it definitely led me to where I am now. I think everything does. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think uh, what you, cause, okay, well, okay. With the book, here we go. Um, with the book, it is separate two sections um, that like kind of like, what is it? People, love, life. Um, and you're separating these uh, small, I almost said tchotchkes, that's not right, but small like tchotchkes, <laughs> yeah, but, um, and you're separating it, and it's so interesting, because I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, I learned a lesson, and then if I look back at a journal from three years ago, I already learned that lesson, and then I forgot it, and now I had to learn it again, and nuggets that you're probably like refinding, and you're like, oh, I forgot that lesson, like, um, people suck, but you do too. And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I still suck, um, like, in a good I way. I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. That one, like, hit home. Because I think when I was younger, I was like, I'm the hero of my life. And everyone is either for me or against me. And I'm like, no, I'm an issue for other people. And that's, that's okay, <laughs> you know? You get it. So in the intro of the book, you do a good summarizing it, but I will mess it up. Do you want to kind of talk about what the book has meant to you? And then also, I'm really interested in seeing like how it took shape. Because I know you left LA a year-ish ago. 
And so I'm wondering if that kind of coincided yeah. with timing. Yeah. Whew. Oh my gosh. That is, that's great insight and just a great question. Um, it, it is a, this book is a story in itself. Like these quotes are stories, but just the whole way it came together is just like insanely divine because I never, it wasn't like supposed to ever be a book. I just started like, I was in college and I had like gone through my first real heartbreak. I was like emo yeah. and I wrote down, you know, some quotes and I was like, oh my God, like it's, you know, he's not into you, like stuff like that. And I like realized, I was like, I'm just writing about like love. Like that's not all life is about. And then, mm. you know, things would just come to me. They would really like legitimately, I'd just be walking down the street and I'd just be like, oh, a thought, like a realization. And it wasn't like in the moments like where I was talking to someone, someone said something mean and I was like, I'm going to go write about it. It's just like months later. And you're like, oh my God, this is just coming to me now. This is the answer. Like, or this is the question. And I would just start writing them down and I had like 20 different notes and I was like, this is a mess. I need to put them all, like I need to condense cause I'm an organizer. So I just made a note, literally titled it note to self and then had all, I just like moved all those one liners into this one note. And then every time I would think of a line, I would just go back and add it. But I didn't really know what it was amounting to. Like when I did that, I literally wasn't like, this is going to be a book. Let me start thinking of things. It was like, I never was trying with it. Like I would, it would just, it sat there for seven years. And if I wanted to add to it, I did. And there'd be some years I wouldn't really add much. And then other years I would literally be like, boom, 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 boom. And so then when this pandemic started, well, honestly, probably two years ago, 2018, I was like, it's time. I'm going to write my first book. Two years. I was in LA, did nothing about it. But like, it was because LA was like a distraction, I think, mm -hmm. to my actual dreams, which I'm going to put out essays that kind of give more insight into each chapter. Yeah. Um, since there are just quotes, I can give the full story, but really like LA was just a, dis a distraction for me. It's a great place for a lot of people, but like, I wasn't actually doing what I think I, I wasn't really following my dreams. I just was like following, I think a lot of other people's dreams for me. Can I ask yes. a little bit more specifically what that's like? Like, is it, you were pursuing maybe the same jobs that everyone else wanted? Cause like you were working at E! News and you were, um, an NBC page and you were like. You yeah. were doing all the right steps. I was living the dream. Like, this is what people want. And it's such a small amount of people. Like, the page program is harder to get into than Harvard. Like, get, breaking into the entertainment industry is nuts. Leaving was nuts. Who knows if I'll ever be able to get back in. But I just was doing what I felt like I needed to do. And I think um, when I was there, it was just like, this is a thing. And I write this in the essay that I was talking about that I'll have to send to you after this. But it's like everybody in LA wants to be something or someone else. Like there, you could be, and not just like the, you know, the classic like starving artist tale of like, I'm a waitress and I want to be an actress or like I am a pool boy and I want to be a director. Like not those stories, but literally even at E, the place of dreams where like so many people want to work. Nobody like, and I don't, I don't want to, like, not, I don't want to say nobody, but, like, so many people there are, like, producers, but they don't want to be producing. They want to be on camera. So many people want to be writers for something else, but they're here, and I think that's a lot of how life works, mm -hmm. but I just felt like I was, and then I, and I, I was, like, wow, and I was very outward. I was, like, none of these people want to do this, but then I was, like, I don't want to do this, and this is the thing is I'm so grateful for the experience. Yeah. I could end up back there, like, it was, like I said, it was a fun time. It was hard, hard work, but it was such a fun time. But I was like, I'm not, these aren't my words and my story. 
that I'm writing. I'm writing for someone else. And like, I think everybody just makes the choice where they're like, I am going to keep writing on the side or keep doing this thing on the side and keep doing this job and I'll wait. And then I do not have the patience. I, I could not, I could not bear to think that, oh my gosh, I'd be doing this for another 30 years and I don't know what would happen. And some people can, and that is okay. But I just, I was not built that way. I was like, I want to go back to school for writing. I want to freelance. I want to be on my own time because there's so many aspects of life that are important. And it's like, I'm a dream driven person. I've always been a big dreamer, but as you grow older, I think you realize there's so many precious things in life that aren't just your job and isn't just, um, what you're chasing. It's your lifestyle. It's who you surround yourself with. It is who you love. It is how you like to wake up in the morning, what you want to see when you look out your window, like all that's important. And none of those boxes were checked in LA except my job. And I was so miserable in every other aspect. And I found a few really great friends, but you're constantly walking around with a question mark above your head because you're like, what does this person want from me? And what do I want from them? And everyone, it's just all about what you can, it's all about your value to other people. And people in LA talk about this all the time. Like, this is not news (laughs) to them. Like, I don't think anybody would be shocked. They'd be like, yeah, this is all true. Like everyone is like, how can you help me at all times? Or how can I help you so you can help me later? So, but I find, I don't find that in a lot of other cities. I think, I mean, you kind of do, and that's how it works. But I just, I was like, I don't know. This is not me. It just wasn't me. Um, And especially at this point in my life for me, I felt like it was, I didn't want to uh, grow up. I mean, I'm 25, but I'm growing up. And I didn't want to grow up in that environment. And I felt myself turning into someone different who was always like, okay, like, so how can I get ahead? How can you help me? Mm. I'm not asking about your family or where you come from or your story. I'm just trying to get ahead like you are. And I'm like, that's not a way to live. Like, I'm trying to live my life. I don't know. So um, I don't know. And a lot of people is going to pay off. I know the people I worked with, they're going to be CEOs and mm-hmm. directors and actors. And that's awesome. But I think I'm just paving my own path. So, yeah. Yeah. No. so what was it? You were like, okay, I want to leave LA. And was it like back to DC, which I love, or was it like, I don't know what I'm going to do kind of floating around? Yeah. So I will be honest with you. I really felt like DC was just the place to go. I considered other places, but the thing was in LA, I was so far from people I loved that I was like, why would I go? Like I could go to New York and there's people I love in New York or like I could go to like Texas, you know, there's options, but I really was thinking about like, what is the lifestyle I want? And I had already lived in DC before and I was like, this aligns with what I want. And I'm going to go back to when I spent my whole first year chasing LA rather than like really loving where I was, but realized that I loved where I was. And so I was like, I'm going to come back to that. And then also my boyfriend lives here. So and we're long-term and being without him was like heart wrenching. We did it long distance for two years and everyone's like, why didn't he come out there? And I was like, I didn't want him to, like, I didn't even know if I wanted to be there. So I would make him, I think at some points I did try to like drag him out there. And then I was like, but I don't really want that. I think I'm just doing that. And then I was like, I had to sit back and think like, what do I want for my life? And he was like, yes, I want him in my life. Yes, I want to be near my friends. Yes, I love DC. Like we were talking about like the culture, mm-hmm. everything about it. And there's good schools here. So I, yeah, came back. Um, and I started hosting again too. I never got paid to host in LA. And as mm-hmm. soon as I came back to DC, everyone's like, you can't do things in DC that are creative. 
I literally got a hosting gig and I was hosting for a minor league NBA team. Like with a job that I had, the same company that I worked with. So never burn bridges, same company I worked with my first year in DC. I came back and they're like, do you want to host? You've been doing so much. And I was like, yes. So yeah, don't let anybody ever tell you that like you have to be in one place to be successful. It's yeah. just not true. I think for a certain level of success, mm-hmm. yes. But it depends on what your definition of success is. And I was chasing a bigger definition of success that I didn't, I don't think actually want. Can I I ask, who did you think you wanted to be? Because now you're, you now you know, you want to pave your own path. But was there like someone that you were like, I'm going to be the next da da da. (laughs) Oprah, always. This is the thing too, is I think, and this is why I'm very careful not to not LA completely because I could see myself back there like if I get to a level again or New York I probably go to New York but like I could see myself going back somewhere and that's the thing is like this full of u-turns like and new turns it's a new turn like you can go to wherever but I I always am like I always was like I'm gonna be Oprah and I and I still want to be like I don't even say the next Oprah she's way too like literally like celestial and just amazing and eloquent and I'm not I cuss and <laughs> I can be really honest and then I can also be super loving. So I don't think I'll be the next Oprah, but like that, what her life and what she is to people is what I want. And I still think I can do that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And then, for sure. I, and then also, I mean, something my mom and I have actually been talking about is like their generation being polished and eloquent was like, that was a thing for their generation. That was something they really revered. And I think our generation, um, we were talking about TikTok, which I feel like is more my siblings than myself, but that's all about being relatable and like, this is me. Welcome to my space. And so I think like that is, I think if Oprah was around today, I think it would, or around today, but you know, if she was beginning her career like this, it would look different for, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, which I mean, you're already aware of that. Can I ask, um, cause I'm very nosy. Did you meet Dan hosting your boyfriend? Oh my gosh. I, it's okay. I love when people ask this question clearly because I love him, but, um, we actually met funny story at work, my first job in DC, Mm -hmm. which I also think is just like totally divine because Mm -hmm. I, after college was like headed to LA, I was ready to go with no job and just like make it work. And then I got, I got a call to work in DC. And I was like, I don't want to go to DC. I interned there. We drive up every Friday for uh, a marketing internship at Smithsonian. And so I'd been to the city and I was like, it was cool. But I was like, I don't want to live there. I need to go to LA. But then I took this job because it was an amazing opportunity. I knew I'd learn. That was the biggest thing. Is I knew I knew going in, I was like, I'm probably not going to like it because it was editing, video editing. But I was like, I'm going to learn a lot. And I did learn a lot. And then I met Dan. And I still can see the first time I met him because I worked in a basement, literally all guys, it was me and like seven guys, and we were all just editors, and the producers would come down from the fourth floor, and they would, um, you know, like check in on projects and sit with the editors and stuff, and I remember when he walked in, I just was like, <laughs> who is this man, <laughs> and it's funny too, because I remember on my first day, everyone like, I mean, I'm just gonna be real, like literally, I'm just like some girl in this basement, who's gonna be an editor, and I remember this guy was like, what do you actually want to do? <laughs> He's like, you want to be an editor? And I was like, no, I, I'm here to learn and I'm good at it. Like, that's it. It's not my goal. And he was like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, at the time, like I was like on air, 
for sure, like, I'm trying to be a host, because at that point, it switched from, like, acting to, like, hosting and still being on air, and I was like, I'm a host, I'm gonna write and produce, and he's like, oh, you should meet Dan Nolan, like, he does that exact thing, and I go, really, and so in my head, I'm like, oh my god, like, I'm not like, oh, I love him, you know, I haven't met the guy, but I'm like, oh man, I gotta get a coffee date with him, like, yeah. I gotta, like, pick his brain and see how he got to where he is, you know, and then he walks in the room, and he, I, I thought he was gonna be some older guy, and literally, he's, like, my age, like, a few years older, and I'm just like, hi. And he's like, hi. <laughs> and he's so cool. And like, I, I wasn't like immediately like, oh my God, like I'm in love with him, like any of that stuff. But it was just a connection. Like mm -hmm. we were just on the same level, same energy. People say like, I'm the guy, I'm the girl version of him. He's the guy version of me. And we just were friends for quite a few months. And then mm -hmm. it naturally we just, it was like, we all hung out as a group from like all the co-workers would hang out and then it was like me my best friend at work and him would hang out and then all of a sudden it was just like us hanging out every single day and I'm like you're my best friend and he's like you're my best friend <laughs> and then we start dating um so yeah it's been three uh years and however many months would be four in December so yeah what company were y'all working for um it's called Monumental Sports and Entertainment so we worked uh Ted who's an amazing owner um, it's basically the WNBA, so the Mystics, the Washington mm -hmm. Mystics, um, the NBA, the Washington Wizards, and then the NHL, the Caps, the Washington Caps, um, and then other various, like, they did a football for a little bit, and, um, they have the G League team, which is the team that I hosted for, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's all sports, which is also funny, because I was never a sports person, and so I funny. really ended up at a job. Yeah. That's amazing. But I feel like that's what I would be doing. So was it a, just because I've made a few, I've lived in a couple big cities, none of the ones you have, which is funny, but I've done Nashville, Chicago, London, uh, Chicago, and uh, London, and then now Atlanta. And yeah, it's always like this big, like, it's like an emotional thing for me. But then once I make the decision, I'm like, yep, cool, let's go. Um, in some ways, I'm kind of impulsive. But when I make the decision, the hard part is making it. For you, was it like this yeah. defining moment with LA? You're like, boom, done. Like, did you, are, are you in a program for writing right now in DC? Like, what was the final push? Yeah, gosh. Um, also, it's funny because all the big, we haven't lived in the same big cities but I would switch with you in a heartbeat I don't clearly have regrets or wish I'd anything different but those are all cities that I'm like I want to live in someday I I, I, mean, I love all of them I I I feel really lucky yeah I'm like will we ever set I don't know if you're like this but I genuinely live in I want to live in so many places that I'm like will I ever stop will I mm -hmm. calm down I don't know mm -hmm. I might just be bopping around for the rest of eternity but um I the final push like I totally agree with that. And I think the hardest part is the decision. It's mm -hmm. always been for me. I'm a Libra, clearly. I don't know if you're in astrology, but like we're the most indecisive people mm. on earth. So never ask me to make a decision. Um, my sister's the same I mean, way. Yeah, your sister's a Libra? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're probably, are you like driven nuts by it? Are you like, no, 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 no. I'm like an emotional mess and she's a worrier. So like we don't judge each other. Are you a cancer? Yeah, I am. <laughs> oh, I just say emotional mess. I was like, <laughs> my mom's a cancer. I love cancer. You guys are so caring. Don't let anybody tell you you're too soft, okay? No, I love it. I don't even know that much about astrology, but I'm like, I think it's weird that so many people can call it. Out. Wait, okay. Also, enneagram. Do you know the enneagram? 
Yes. Okay. I, I really, I've taken it and gotten three different things. Okay. Have you so, ever gotten a three wing four? No. Is that really? you? No. Is that what I, you guess for me? Yeah. I, that was my guess. I honestly, I see that though. And this is the thing. I remember when I read all of them without, without taking the test, I was like, I'm a three. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that I'm totally not a three. Are you a six? I'm not a three at all because threes are, Ah, I'm not doing a good job. The thing is, am I any of these? Because who knows? But achievers are like, because I think threes are achievers. They're very mm-hmm. about checking boxes and I'm not. Because if mm-hmm. I was an achiever, I would literally be in LA thriving because I'm like, I work at E, bitches. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm fucking no, <laughs> I'd be like, I, I work at E, like, woo, like checking boxes. Like, looking good. But I'm not like that. I'm literally like, I'm going to the beat of my own drum, which makes me a seven mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm an enthusiast. Like, I literally don't like being trapped. I like to do whatever I want. I'm just a free bird. I like to hang out with people. I like trips. Like, that is me. But I, the first time I took it, I got a two and I was like, I'm not a helper. I wish mm-hmm. I was. I'm not a helper. Um, <laughs> I, it's just not me I don't think it's not my whole personality I'm giving but like I have friends who are helpers and they are like they like everything in the line I'm like I wish I'm that person I'm not um and then I got the second time I got four an individualist but I think that was in in LA when I was like rebelling against everyone being very similar but then when I moved then I was like I feel the most myself again and I got seven Mm -hmm. um my friend typed me like he's obsessed and he has the book Mm -hmm. and he just like it himself so I don't know I don't know if I'm any of those or all of them and it's like it's one of those things where people are like don't put me in a box and I'm just like if it's helpful that's awesome if it's not helpful forget about it I found my most helpful is talking to my therapist and she's like you have different like personality tendencies and I'm like oh all right therapy's my thing (laughs) um but um yeah we all have our own stuff okay I cut you off we were gonna talk about mm, 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 that is like the like moment or maybe not moment of going to DC emotions yes um I loved that was beautiful but I, um, the page program threw me. I was like, just a culmination of things like I explained before, like lifestyle and that stuff. And like, I liked LA, but like, I missed walking in a city. I know that sounds crazy, but like, I just missed going outside and walking to the National Mall. And I missed going outside and just like walking to the store. Everything's in a car, Mm -hmm. everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, like just everything about the lifestyle was just like, "Eh." after the first year, I was like ready to move. And then I got, um, a gig working at a small documentary company, which I hardly ever mentioned. It was like a very small stint. Mm -hmm. It was like half a year, I guess. And then I did the rest of it back at E when my mentor called me and was like, I have a PA position. I want you to be my PA for my new show. And I was like, yeah. So I went back. And then it was hard because after that first year when I got that job, I planned to like, nothing ever goes according to plan. I got this job at a small documentary company. And I was like, I I know I want to do this for at least a year because marketing is important and learning a brand from the business side and not just me as a like my personal accounts, like learning about the ads and everything and the numbers and the analytics, that's important. So I was going to devote a year to that. And I applied to school so that I could go because I figured I want to approach writing because I kind of started getting like my, my relationship to on air has changed in the past two years. I really like it, but I don't think I was doing the type that I liked. So it really turned me off to it. And I was like, I don't think I just want to be on camera because you have to look a certain way all the time. You mm-hmm. have to act a certain way. You can't really speak your mind. It's, it's very much like I just started realizing all these things and I was like, mm, maybe I'm just not in the right jobs or I just don't like it. And so I kind of was thinking, I don't really want to do that anymore. And then I was like, but I like storytelling and I like conversation. So I should go back to writing. 
that was like the natural next step. So I applied to grad school and then that was lit, like not even probably like a month later. That was my mentor called and was like, come work at E. And I was like, well, I do have a whole nother year. So I know about school. Mm. So I went to E and I left that job, which was hard and they were mad. And I like, I get that, but mm. this is the thing people listen, we're in a pandemic. They lay, they're laying off everybody. Like companies have to do what's best for them. That doesn't make them necessarily wrong. It just makes it business. And this is the thing, your life is business. If you're like, there's nothing serving me here. I have a better opportunity. You gotta go like they're because they could get rid of you tomorrow. So I was like, it hasn't that long, but I'm leaving. They were mad. I was like, cool. I'm out. Went back to E had an amazing, amazing time working there. Cause I was finally under amazing leadership mm-hmm. and gosh, I miss it. I had a great team. I actually really like doing it but again like I applied to school already and was just ready to come back and be in a place that I wanted to be in and I was sad like I I didn't want to leave that job I really liked it and that's why I'm like Monday maybe I'll go back but I I knew my bigger overall mm-hmm. vision and I was like if this is the direction I wanted my life to move in and I had this amazing job because I figured by the end I was like maybe I'll stay maybe I won't but then I kind of was just like I think I want to go like I think mm-hmm. I want to go and this, the position was also contract and a lot was changing at E there was just a lot of like layoffs were happening and uh, leadership was changing and they were merging a lot of stuff and everybody knows in entertainment when that happens it's like you gotta keep like both ears out something is weird Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is like God literally telling you, you need to go like mm-hmm. get out right now. And so yeah. I did. And I'm so happy I did. Um, and then that was just kind of my final push, but it was hard. I think that last, I waited up until the very last week. I remember I was like, I have to give my two weeks. So I think the day before it was my two week period to give them my out. Mm-hmm. I decided because mm-hmm. I pushed it to the last minute. Yeah. 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 Sorry, that was like a long no, no, that's, that's what I, that's what I asked for. And I also think it's great when, um, you don't have to leave a situation cause I've had it happen both times. Like when I left Chicago and when I left London, I didn't want to go, but, um, leaving Chicago, I had gotten into a grad school in London and then London, you know, it, uh, the program was over, but it's nice to be able to leave when you're like, I still love this place and it's still special and it, you still, yes. so, okay. You've said writing, writing means so many different things. So is it like you've written a web series, which I got to see and I loved, um, is it writing th- that kind of stuff or is it books? I mean, obviously it's all of it. Cause like, I mean, I want to have my hands in every single pot, but when you say writing, what are, what are yeah. you thinking about for you? When I think writing, I think nonfiction now, like that okay. is the first thing yeah. my head goes to, um, because it's you are full of endless stories like your life is a story like my life is a story and so it's so funny growing up when I when I thought I would be a writer at some point when I was younger and I was writing these books it was none of them were nonfiction. I had hey guys this is where it gets to the point of straight up ridiculous um so my family we have like a best friend family and they recently moved away and um my like second dad just comes into my dad's office and he lives nine hours away and he came home for something. And then he just shows up. And I love him so much. But also it's like one of those things. I think it's like, but I feel like it's a dad thing where it's like, oh, she's busy, but she'll want to see me. Which, of course, I wanted um, to see him. And I'm so glad he said hi. But this is just another 
another testament to Mia. Good grief. How many interruptions do we have? Two times the call failed. Then my my dad comes in and starts talking to me. And I promise you guys, I have been so clear with my family not to bother me. I really have. Um, oh, gosh. Hey. Hi. Hey, sorry, everybody. I apologize for interrupting. He lives in South hey. Carolina. Oh, you? podcast interview. You're totally fine. Nice. Sorry. I love you. Love you too. Are you it's okay. Me? It's frozen. Oh my gosh. Wait, do you need to take time? No, no, no. I have to go anyway. It's okay. No. That was it. I'll see you home. No, he's fine. He's no, Daddy. Please take the dog with okay. you. Come on. Butch. I didn't even know he was here. Um, no, it's it's totally fine. I love Mr. D, and I'm so sorry. Okay, sorry. I heard nonfiction, and then he walked in. What were you saying? I'm so sorry. No, you're totally fine. I my brain goes straight to nonfiction, and I think when I was younger, it's funny the journey we take because I I always wanted to write fiction, like, but it was all I knew when I was younger. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. So like, I oh, had nothing. Totally. I was like eight. <laughs> You know what I mean? But then when I like was in middle school and I would start writing for real, like it was still fiction because that's all I knew you could do. And that's what we read in school. Like you don't really read, you think of nonfiction as like biographies mm -hmm. and historical figures. And so my life, I was still writing about my life, but it was like fiction. It was my life. I wrote a, a TV show called Living Life on the Beach because I'm from Virginia Beach. Even though I live like, we lived in the suburbs, like the beach was 15 minutes away. But it was like very Hannah Montana-esque. And it was like my friends living, literally my, me. I was a character, my five friends. And we would like, so it was fiction, right? And it was these silly, crazy situations. But it was like, that's not fiction. It was my story. Yes. And it was my life, what I knew. But then I went to college and I took a class with Jay Varner, who changed my life forever. My first creative writing professor. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can write about my life in a poetic way that's not boring. Mm. And I fell in love. I was like, I'm never going back, which like, that's, I don't really mean that. I'll probably write yeah. fiction someday and I want to mm -hmm. but I think now my thing is like I just really think I like life and I like mm -hmm. writing about my life so I can inspire other people's lives and I like hearing about people's stories and then helping them write it or taking you know taking it and making it into something and so I do think of nonfiction, but if I have an idea and it's fi fiction I write it so hot mess confession confessions my yeah. web series I'm not sitting here like, I want to be a web series writer or like a TV writer. Because for a little bit of time, I thought I was going to be a TV writer. And that's why, another reason why I was like, I can leave LA because I don't need to be a TV writer. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not full of like TV ideas. Like I, I can't sit and write one whole show and then be like, time to think of another one and write that. I just mm -hmm. only write projects when I think of them. And I'm okay with that now. Um, and so, yeah, when I think of writing, I go to nonfiction because I think of like writing a column or writing like, like an advice column where I think of like, oh, I can write books of essays or I can write one essay in a magazine, you know? So um, that's kind of where my mind goes when I that's think That's amazing. But also like how important is it for you to have all these different life experiences and then you're coming to it, um, then, then now you, ha you have material to write about. Because I think if some ways, if it was like, I'm only writing these columns, this is my life. But then also if you're always in the writing and the publishing and the journalism world from the very, very beginning, then you're writing about those kind of experiences often and those aren't yeah. things people can always relate to. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, um, there are two British journalists that I love. They have a podcast together called um, The High Low and they didn't really have anything to write about until they were in their 30s when they had like gotten all these experiences because they'll say their life is pretty, pretty standard. But then it was once they had accumulated stuff 
stuff in their 20s that now they're like, okay, now I think I have things to say. And the books are going really, really well. So did you get into one of one of the programs that you then decided to move forward with? Yes. So I, it's funny, I went, I was really, really excited to go to this one school, John Hopkins. um, But it hasn't panned out the way I wanted to. It's not the kind of community that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually in the process of looking at other schools right now, which I'm really excited about because I found some where um, I know people who went there and they give it raving reviews. And I didn't know anybody personally with the Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I was like more excited at the idea of that school and what I read about it, but uh, it definitely, it didn't pan out to be what I wanted it to be at all. So I'll be on my next adventure soon, whenever that is, to Yay. go, um, yeah, finish, because I still want to do creative writing clearly, so it'd be the same yeah. degree, just somewhere else. But somewhere. yeah. And is that getting your master's? Yes. My, it'd be my MFA, yeah. I was getting my MA at Hopkins, which is what I thought I wanted. I was like, I want this. Because a little different, MFA is like more creative mm-hmm. and you learn the tools to like actually become a writer. But MA is just like, I was like, I can do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, when I started, I was like, no, this is not what I want. Like, no, 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 no. It's, it's a lot more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like very like journalistic writing, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Like people can still go on to like write for the times or whatever. But I was like, I don't know if I necessarily want this. I want it to be more creative. So yeah. Well, it sounds, it also sounds really similar with your experience with E in some ways with like presenting is you're like, I feel like I'm kind of a mouthpiece for something else or some other opinion and you're needing to kind of use it to form and present your own ideas with people. I feel like that's what you're really passionate about. And it's more, not like, it's more personality, but it's like your relationship online has always been your connection with other people and like you give yeah. it instead of people instead of like presenting something as a fact and going like this is me now you take it yeah um so how long did you stay with john hopkins before so you? i did one semester there. okay cool yeah cool and are you looking at programs possibly outside of dc like do you think you'll move again yes. mm-hmm. I, i'll probably move again it's complicated like Dan's also looking at schools and so mm-hmm. we're trying to overlap but may not and we're also thinking like maybe we'll do a little like a few years with wherever he's going a few years where I'm going I'm in no rush because clearly like I'm writing books mm-hmm. and I'm freelancing still which I really liked so I'm like I'm freelance writing for a company and um I mean I was freelance hosting for a little bit I've done a freelancing I did a website for people so I just kind of like using my skills, even like my practical, not like telling my stories, but like telling other people's stories. Um, I, that is also still fine with me. And as long as I can do it on my own time and schedule where I can work on my work, I find to really, I really like that. It's definitely a harder life because it's not people work, but it is, um, I like it. So I'm like, I'm, I'm fine doing that. I'd like to go to school as soon as possible again, but I'm also just like, I think I'm where I'm supposed to be and doing what I need to be doing. Yeah. No, it definitely sounds like it. What is Dan wanting to do? Like, what is the program he's looking at? It's funny because he is, we've been on a very similar journey Mm -hmm. and he was a host. Like he did more hosting than me at Monumental. He was doing um, like sideline reporting and play by play um, Mm -hmm. and all these different things for them. His first year he traveled with the team reporting, doing videos for them. So um he's great but he's kind of at a similar journey where it's like being on air requires a lot it requires 
Um, not even a certain look, uh, that's true, but like you have to get all juiced up all the time, every day. And that gets like tiring and you have to travel a lot and you have to work crazy, crazy hours. And I think we just kind of realized like, so he realized the same thing as me is like, there's a lot to life. And some people like they're all in on that. And that's cool. But for us, we're like, I want other things. Like he's had no weekends for the six years he's been out of school. And he's like, wow. I want a weekend. Like I want to enjoy my life and not just be literally working every because he would work like 14 days straight, you know, and have one day off and go back to work. So it's sports is a crazy world on air is a crazy world. Um, and I think we both were just like, let's like we just want to take something where we like have our own schedule or like we have our life, we design a life the way we want it. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to do um, business now. So he wants to do business within media still. So again, he's still like carrying over his passion for media, but um, he really would love to work at like Disney or something for mm-hmm. um, like animation and like um, not necessarily like the creative side of the thing, but like the business side of it and mm-hmm. the marketing. Cause marketing is a nice, but every time I worked in marketing, I love it. It's a really good intersection of business and creativity. So it's a mix of both of those. And I think he, he's a very, he's a practical creative thinker and it's always be people like all our friends are like, you guys are so similar, but so different because I am an outlandish, like no boundaries, creative mind and he is very practical he's like a creative like problem solver mm-hmm. and is good at solutions and it's good at like seeing a vision and setting up a set but like when he's thinking of like a story you know like that's where I come in so he is definitely I think he's going to be good on the business side of things so that's what he's kind of looking at um doing yeah and I love the idea of like two people that like a creative partnership because I feel like in some ways like kind of filling in each other's gaps but also being able to like feed off of each other um you know is really important um yeah Yeah. I think that's that's really interesting how you were talking about like you don't know what the next step is but you're okay with that and I feel the same way in that like my whole life has been dedicated to like being discovered making it as an actress and like that's all I've ever cared about but then like I went and got my master's and not not finding any success at all really when I got left my master's program killed me and I was like but this is Mm -hmm. this is all I was ever meant to do and I think like you're saying with DC of like you're probably gonna go other places but you're gonna you your like heart is in DC that's how I feel about Atlanta is that maybe yeah if I wanted that Mm -hmm. freaky freaky discovery like one in if I wanted to be the Jennifer Lawrence one in a jillion LA or New York is probably where I need to go or whatever but also like I'm happy yeah in Atlanta like the actor community is so so tiny and everyone is so kind and like all over and I've been there for a year and I feel like I've met almost everybody and everyone's really sweet and I have great friends and I'm like I I, I would rather have a life that I love you know and yeah you know just always kind of knowing that you have a a landing page yeah I think finding that and it's interesting because I'm 25 too and you get halfway through your 20s and I still freak out like my birthday is coming up and I'm like, well, I don't have anything. I'm currently unemployed at my parents' house. Like in no way am I like, it's great. But also I think it would have freaked me out more a couple years ago because I'm like, dude, I bounce back. (laughs) And it's like, it's like, (laughs) and it's never looked like I think how I've wanted it to look, but also there have been things in relationships I've grown that I didn't know I needed. And now it's 
the relationships I have and like the creative projects, like doing this, um, have something I didn't know I wanted to do. And I'm so glad. Yeah. It, um, but also in some ways it is just, but it's not all happy roses and maybe you found it differently, but also like there is still some heartbreak of like those things that those dreams that are still inside of you of like you wanting to reach, you know, people and really have that connection and you have it on a smaller scale, but I know your brain is thinking about it bigger and wondering which opportunity would have gotten you there faster or at all. Um, yeah, I'm happy with where I am and I wouldn't trade it, but there is still, I think like a, a, a hole in my heart in some ways of just those dreams. I know I still have, you know? Yeah. 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 It is. I think it's all about deciding what's worth it. Mm -hmm. And like, that makes sense. Cause I think about it. It's like, wow, I could be that big, like star, like host or reporter. And it's like, it sucks. It does. When you're like, wow. Cause like, it's like, you know, you, you know, you could be like this incredible, amazing actress. Like, and then it's like, I know I could do those, be the Oprah and that is in LA, you know, but it's like you said, it's like, I think it's all about, I used to think it was so much about like, I guess like tenacity and just like diligence and being like, wow, you don't want it enough. Mm. And now I kind of like, I still think that, but in a much softer way where I'm like, yeah, maybe I don't want enough. Like if, cause if I really wanted it, I would stick around for 40 years to see if like on that level of success, it could happen. But then it's like, it's okay with being like, yeah, maybe I, like if I don't, if I'm not really willing to fight that hard for it mm-hmm. and wait and wait and wait, then maybe it's not mm-hmm. like, maybe it's not really what I want. And you're right. Yeah. There's that like whole there. That's a little bit, but it's also like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, you're right. It's like, I'm cool with this. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And who's to say mm-hmm. it will never happen? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And then also, I think also like, okay, so my mental health when I first left London was like terrible. And one of my friends, she's British and she was kind of watching me struggle. And she said, no, she's like, thank God you did not book anything after you're your leaving London. She said, cause like you could have either really screwed it up, <laughs> like actually, and then the bridge is burned and you know, who knows? Or, um, cause, I mean, it was like really bad, but then also, or maybe I could have kept pushing forward and maybe do, doing a good job in the thing I booked, but also like that it doesn't fill the, the, um, like if I became successful now, I would have, I think friends that'd be genuinely cheering for me and it would be exciting and I'd have ideas and I think I could grow it. But if I yeah. would have found that success yeah. when I really needed it I think it actually would have I think it would have been like not like oh fame is lonely but I just think it would be like oh I got it okay okay now what you know and um yeah I was gonna go somewhere with that see I told you quarantine brain I'm just kind of like I'm just kind of we're all just letting it we're letting it quite literally just spill out we're all just like no. And this is everything on my brain. But I was, I remember when I met you, he met you through Kristen. I was like, wow. When she introduced me, introduced me to you. I was like, I love everything Rebecca says and stands for. And I felt a very like common thread between us and our mm-hmm. stories and how we live so many places and we're chasing this thing. And then it's kind of like, where do I go next? And knowing mm-hmm. that that's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think, I don't know if you've gotten this comment, but I feel like you probably have, of I've had people, not as much right now, because they're like, what the heck is Rebecca doing? Um, but it's more like, whoa, like, you're, that's so cool. Like, I wish you got into the, the page program, or like, you're, you work for E, or you're hosting this, and people are like, from like, childhood and stuff, or people are going, I couldn't do that, or you're so, yeah. Yeah, and it's just kind of keeping up with expectations in some way, but people are like, I don't know how you do it. And then it's kind of like, I almost don't have a choice. Like needing to move to these cities, it's like, I feel this, it's kind of like I have to keep swimming forward almost, you know? Yeah, that's so, that's so true. I think I, myself, broke that cycle when I moved back to DC. Yeah, totally. I think people are still like, but now the, the narrative and other people's minds changed, but I just, I choose not to really listen and read into what they're saying. I am really used to. And now I just, I don't care because I think like exactly what you said when I worked at E, it was like this whole, and even in LA, oh my gosh, the difference between working at NBC when I was in the paid program and people being like, that's so cool. You're so amazing versus how they treat me when I worked at that small dot company. Like literally the difference when I, in LA, I'd go to a networking event and say paid program and they'd be like, wow, NBC, like tell me more. Like, oh, I want to get in the door there. Or, and then at the small dot company, people stopped treating me the same way. They were like, oh, cool, moving on. Like, and I was like, this is so rude. And then when I went back to NBC, it was like, everyone's like, oh my God, so cool again. And then I moved back here. No one tells me what I'm doing is cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like, good for you. They're like, good for you. And it just makes it so much more clear to me that people are just chasing this big, grand idea of success. Like, they're, they're just like, you have to do this this thing you have to work for this person and that's success and I was like that's not true I mean maybe for you but not for me and like I feel more successful now than I ever have mm-hmm. literally but that is so many people don't think that and like again like you said the comments like it's like no it's like good for you or like I'm so happy that you're still successful like are you qualifying that like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. and I remember even a friend brought up to me recently in LA when I went back Cause I was back that way for a conference after I had moved back to this coast. I went back for like a week or a weekend or something like that. And one of my friends said to me, do you think if you would have stayed here, you would have made it sooner? And I was like, what are you talking about? Mm. I said, are you, is, are you implying that I'm not going to make it? Cause I've made it mm. and I'm going to keep making it. And I was like, and I'm going to make it wherever I go. And I'll do it on my own time. And I was like, so if that's your timeline sooner, if sooner is better for you, then good you that's why you're here mm-hmm. but I'm working on my own time and doing what I want to do and like it's just so funny how people paint success onto your life and it's like you really can only decide mm-hmm. what that is to you for mm-hmm. me it wasn't staying in LA and becoming like a tv star and mm-hmm. if it happens it happens like I'm not saying I don't want that anymore but also I don't think it's my end goal my goal now is to just create content I care about and yeah. how that happens I don't really care yeah I've changed um, social media, but I've changed my, like, pretty much, like, my log line on everything was um, I kind of got obsessed with the phrase good thing, um, and I just have it on everything here to make good things, because I'm like, 
if I have a podcast episode, I want it to be a good thing. If I work on a theater project, I want to do that really well. I've been talking, my past yeah. two interview interviews have been with people in the art department of film. And because um, I've gotten more into like, not exactly styling, but like kind of helping. I really want to maybe not like produce, produce, but, um, but like uh -huh. I get so passionate about people's projects. Like I was in a script recently and I reached out to the writer and I was like, you know, we could shoot the trailer as the first scene, right? And she's like, oh, it's going to be really hard. And I don't even know her that well, but I was like, no, the script is good. I know someone that could do the costumes. All we have to do is location scout. I think we could get funding because the idea is really interesting. And I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. Like friends will tell you, like I do this once I have a good idea or I find a good project, I'm like, let's make this. Um, and so whatever it is, I want it to be good, you know? And I, I think a friend of mine um, is like a influencer girl and she's like, I have great taste. And something I've finally, I think, recognized about myself is I'm like, I know talent. Like I know if an actor's talented, I know if something is worth pursuing. I have good taste yeah. and I'm gonna, I think it's because I've wanted a spotlight. No one has given it, no one's given it to me. And so now I'm like, yeah, I found mm. someone's great. So like, I want to talk to Mia. I think your story is really interesting. And so I want to highlight that because, and oftentimes, I mean, you're more in the public eye, but other people I've interviewed, I like, I'm like, I don't think anyone's gonna ask about your job in the film department but you've done great work and i i'm curious about it yeah. and giving people an opportunity i don't know that's my kind of log line but like whatever it is and if i do book something i'm gonna keep trying to produce my friends projects i work with a theater company there's no way in hell i'm ever gonna stop working with them because i'm passionate about their work um yeah yeah but now I'm just more all over the place than I was. Mm. Where we, so the book is coming out Monday, AKA, I don't know what day of the week that is, um, but you said you're already writing other projects. So is it gonna be an online, is it an ebook for people to buy on Amazon? Is it um, gonna be yes. really, yeah. I wanna keep circling back. <laughs> Um, so I, it, oops, I, it comes out on, um, June 20th, 2020, mm -hmm. which we thought was fantastic because this book is all about lessons essentially. Mm -hmm. And it's like hindsight is 2020. So literally that's so good. And, um, so it comes out dude, which is a Saturday, but we're doing a, a pre-order that's only available through my newsletter. So you have to sign up for the newsletter mm -hmm. um, and that, that will start next week. Um, so yeah, starting on, I guess, what, the 15th, it should be up. Um, if we, if everything pans out smoothly, cause we've had some proof, the proofs come late all the time. So mm -hmm. we have to make sure everything's good and then that goes out and then that should be available then. But the real launch day is the 20th. So, so what, yeah. what does it look like putting together the book, like actually like the practical process, not just deciding you're going to release these thoughts, but like, yeah, you were talking about the mics and the final edits. Yeah. I feel like you're always having to teach yourself a new skill. Yeah, it is. You cannot be lazy. That is the biggest thing. I, it is. 
you can, you either need to have a lot of money or be not lazy, period. Mm -hmm. Self-publishing is a task. Like, and I'm sure I wondered if, so this is it. I have it next to me. This is just one of the proofs. But like, oh, this is how it looks. I'll just like, you so can't really see it. Oh, by the way, it's, sorry, it's print. It's not an ebook. It might be an ebook one day, but I was like, I don't know if this like, serves its purpose. Oh, cool. So, yeah, so it's a print book, but it's like, I, I don't know if I would have written a novel, if it would have been easier, because then all you're doing is worrying about editing. But I have, I've had to reformat this over a hundred times oh my god you know it's so many more choices like I thought when the book was done it'd be like okay there we go like because I mean I didn't write like I wrote the quotes but I didn't write the book like I didn't sit down and go now I need to write everything it was like let me collect them and curate this mm -hmm. and so I curated it then like you're like okay I'm just gonna put everything in a book and then you're like no but I should probably break it into chapters so then I had to break it up into chapters and then once I did that I'm like well this doesn't really fit in that chapter then I had to move things around then I was like, okay, huh, now I can breathe. And it's like, nope, I have to design the cover. You have to design the spine. You have to design the back cover. And then it's like, oh, we're not done there. I do I want it to be center aligned, left aligned, right aligned? It is so, is it going to be colors on the inside? What color fits the book? Like it is a whole task and you can hire people to do it. But literally we're in a pandemic. I lost my jobs. So I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. So I did it on myself and it is work. It is a whole process. Mm -hmm. Like be ready for it if you ever do it. But I mean, it's rewarding. So yeah. No, do you think you, when your next book comes out, do you think you're going to hire it out next time? Or do you think now it's like, well, now I know how to do it. So my next book, I mean, I'm, if this goes really well and I like it, I maybe will self-publish again. But I truly only did this kind of as, it was sort of a pandemic project. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know this was ever supposed to be a book, and I knew I wanted to write a book. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, I wrote that goal in 2018, but it really only came to me when the pandemic started. Like, that was when I was like, this is what it's going to be. Whoa, it's going to so be this all book. happened in, like, 12 weeks, a few months. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's yeah. coming out on the 20th, and then people will probably receive it by July, right? Yeah, they should receive it. I think it comes within, hopefully within that week, because I'll have some who order it, then it'll just be ready to go. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they should receive it um, some of these days, one of these days before July. So yeah. So is it you, are you going to be at your house with a big box of books and just mailing them out? <laughs> yes, it's going to be tragic, okay? So the book it. is going to be on Amazon. Um, mm -hmm because that's the easiest way to self-publish. I didn't want to do, you can do print on demand. Amazon's like the biggest publisher of that, which Amazon, but it's okay. I've, I'm donating the first week of proceeds from Amazon to Girls for a Change, which is an Oregon, Central Virginia, um, that lifts up um, young women of color. So I'm really excited about that. So I was like, oh, I'll trade off doing this on Amazon with that. And then, so that's where all those proceeds will go, go for, or go to. And then, you can buy the book there, but then I'm also through my website doing a signed copy if we don't live near each other and I can't sign it. And then I'm also doing a personalized copy where like if someone's going through a hard time or let's say like someone just, someone's daughter just graduated from high school, I can like write them a personalized letter in it. So there's three different types that I'm, that I'm um, giving out that I'm really excited about. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. And I love how, I love how it's going to be in your house 
and then Dan's gonna like come in and you're like big cardboard box and then individually sending it all out because this yes. everything about it is so personal like you've literally like yeah. bled out and made a book and I I think you are I no offense but I think you're who everyone hates right now in quarantine that the person's like you don't have to make an amazing project you stay in your yoga pants and you're like and I'm sure you're like, totally, but also, <laughs> I made this. Um, but yeah, I, I hate myself. I, I was, I can actually tell you, Rebecca, I was mad. I, when I, when the pandemic started, I was living my life, like, the first few weeks. We rewatched Harry Potter. Like, we did a music, me and Dan did a music video series on our social media. Like, you saw this. We talked I love about it. This. I love it. We had so much fun, and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I never want this. And clearly like, it's rough. And like, I mean, I was everybody, I was thinking of everybody in my head and heart. Who's, this is not a good time for everyone. But I just was like, I think I'm a homebody. Like I'm a homebody. I'm an extroverted introvert. I was thriving. And then when I was like, okay, it's really time to crank down on this book. I was mad. I was like, this is my time to live. I'm just trying to sit and watch TV all day. But I was like, I know like this is a weird blessing. Like we are all inside. If you are creative, it's like, you should not feel pressure at all to create. But at the same time, it's like, and I don't, I don't think we should expect any creatives to produce something out of this time. I mean, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a gimmick, right? It's like a little cheesy for some people to be like, yeah, I created this while I was in quarantine. Especially for me, I know that's how some people are going to view it. But for me, it was like a time to take advantage. It wasn't like I was like, I'm going to write a book now. I was like, I wanted to write a book. I have ideas for this book already. Have the time. And when am I ever going to have this much time to do it? And so I just dug in and I didn't want to. I was like, oh, I just want to like lay down all day, but I had to do something. So and this it, is what happened. It is a product. It sounds like you had the energy to do it and probably were a little mad you had the energy. And then you were like, but I have to take advantage of it. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I'm really excited to order the personalized copy does that mean i get your signature in it yes you get a signature and a letter i'm gonna write you a letter i love it i love it so much and um yeah group hug we're hugging ourselves we are um, hugging <laughs> i love it and i appreciate um you you've definitely sat through the most technical difficulties i really appreciate it and i'm so glad we finally got to meet face to face I, I, this has been like two years coming or something. So I'm, and I'm so excited to celebrate your book. This is really something to celebrate and I'm really proud of you. Thank you so much for having me. And clearly I love your show and just like, you are such a bright spirit. And I just remember following you so long ago and being like, oh my gosh, Rebecca is going to do amazing things. Like just the whole search for pink and just the idea of it is just one of a kind. And I'm really happy that I finally get to see your face and talk to you. It's just, yeah. Yeah, baby, we gotta do this again sometime. Yes, I would. Totally <laughs> maybe we'll record it. Maybe we won't. I don't yeah. Know. No, sometimes I feel like now when I'm having conversations with friends because they're all so fabulous, I'm kind of like, should I record talking to my like actor friend who's <laughs> right? doing a cool project? I'm like, should I? Should I market this? And um, then I'm like, no, we're not like gonna take advantage because I I do. I have the sweetest, coolest friends. Um, but when it's something that I get to promote, that's really something I want to do. Um, but yeah, and but I don't want to keep you from your important book stuff. So thank you so much. And it's so good to meet you face to face. But I will talk so to you So good to soon. meet you too.
Okay. Perfect. I love it. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. We did it. Okay, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. Mia is lovely. And um, I'm just so thankful that she came on. She was super excited, which then made me even more excited. And I'd been wanting to talk to her for a while, but with the release of the book, I was like, this timing is perfect. Um, so her Instagram handle is yours, truly Mia, M-I-A. And her name is, once again, Mia Brabham. Type in on Amazon note to self. I feel like it could be the next, like, oh, the places you'll go kind of deal. Like, as in the perfect graduation gift, you know? It's got all of these little snippets of wisdom. And, um, yeah, I think it'd be a great gift for yourself, a great gift for someone else. Um, I'm going to be ordering mine later today. My brain, if you can't tell from, like, my stuttering I have going on, um, there's just a lot going on in my world. So I think 60% of my brain recording this is broken. Um, but I just want to let you know, everybody, that I love you guys so much. Um, please reach out if you need anything. And more than anything, though, make sure you're following Mia. Make sure you order the book. Once again, Mia, you are so special. And I am so thankful that I got to talk to you. And I love you guys. Bye.